When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Maxi Claire from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, mark this day down in history, the 2nd of June 2022, because today's the day the New Zealand rugby apparently signed a private equity deal with Silver Lake, a private equity firm for somewhere in the vicinity of 200 to $300 million. It's reported that the community game are going to be given in the vicinity of $30 million spread across various parts of the game, which is meant to secure the grassroots game of the future. And here's the thing. How does a community game future-proof the financial sustainability of the game in New Zealand? How exciting. How exciting for them. Would they, Izzy, put the money in a bank? Would they put it in shares? Or is it the best to distribute it equally amongst the unions as they, as they are talking about to do whatever they like with it? Anyway, here's what I think. All right, Why don't the unions invest the money with a Tier 1 construction company and retirement village groups such as Somerset? and build a retirement village in each province around the country, converting their grounds into a profitable proposition. Instead of having white elephant grounds like Eden Park that host a handful of events a year, build profitable building with high occupancy rates within their structures to increase increase income potential. With an ageing population and the licensed occupy model that retirement villages use, I think retirement villages are as good as an investment you can get. And within a couple of decades, if the unions pull their resources, uh, together, each province will secure a perpetual fund through this model to fund their own game locally. Izzy, would you invest, if you were the CEO, your provincial fund in this model, or would you simply put the money in the bank? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. I would invest, Uncle. I, I think that's what I spoke about at the start of the show. Like, yeah, this is obviously all well and said, getting a million dollars and letting it dwindle down, and then we come back to the situation in five years' time. We've got to build for the future. million dollars is a great start, but let's try and think of opportunities, ways that we could turn this million dollars into $1.5, $2 million. The world is tough at the moment. Inflation, materials, it is a tough situation. So there is time here to sit down and build a solid plan. So love that from you, Kempi. Great uh, real insight of what they should be looking forward in the future. Izzy's Bomb Squad.
February 2022, 2011, a day that changed the lives of thousands of people in Ototahi Christchurch. A day where the heartbeat of Christchurch was only ever so slightly pulsating. A day that changed the landscape for years to come. Fast forward to 2022, and we have endured so much more than this historic moment in February that we as Cantabs will never shy away from adversity. We always look for the good and the bad, an opportunity to build this city into the most beautiful city in the world, colourful and vibrant, full of energy and noise. And a big part of that noise was a fully enclosed multi-purpose sports complex which had been given the tick of approval in 2021. Finally, some reprieve for us, something to look forward to, an opportunity to give back to an industry that has suffered more than others, hospitality. This, this complex had, had the potential to provide a real boost for our economy. 25,000 seated stadium has endless opportunities. Look at Dunedin, for instance, the acts that they've been able to persuade to our shores. Yesterday, Cantabs were hit with another aftershock that the stadium costs had blown out by 150 million, and we have been left with three scenarios. Suck it up and bite the bullet and get this started. Alter the stadium to shrink costs or just stop the project altogether. What do you think? People may agree or disagree with me here, but I feel we as a public should not be punished anymore by incompetence of people who, if they have started this when they should have, we wouldn't be dealing with the shock price increase. Get this damn stadium started and built so we can start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel because right now, all we see is darkness. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Great, Izzy. And guess what? The Southern Bears will take a corner of that stadium. We'll help you pay the bills. We'll bring the NRL franchise down there and we'll fill that 25-seater stadium when the Crusaders can't. That's yeah. a great... It was a... Uh, yes, great, great talk. Thanks, brother. It's, it's, man, yesterday I was going to do something on the Silver Lake deal, but then I just... This news, mate. We're just... Oh, this it's like always back and forth and all the situation. That's why this cost is blowing out to 150 million. The world is suffering. Yes, COVID, the war, materials, the cost has gone up. Inflation, yes, I understand that. But 2021, 2021, we could have got this sorted and we wouldn't be dealing with this. And uh, Jamie's going on text machine. Hi, Izzy, I believe Christchurch needs a stadium, but why does it need to be so expensive? They could have easily done one like Forsyth Bar for half, for about quarter of the cost from Jamie. Yes, Jamie, they definitely could have done that. Uh, for sure, they could have, right now it would have saved them the cost if they had just started the damn thing. So, uh, yeah, that's my take. Coming up, we're going to talk to Jay Campbell this time. Jay Campbell is the CEO of Hawks Bay Rugby. Today is a big day for provincial rugby in New Zealand. Silver Lake deal. Will it pass or will it fold? We'll, we'll hear from Jay Campbell shortly. I'm going to go get a McCafe coffee now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ, 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. We're talking about the greatest sports callers of all time. Um, Ray Warren Rabs is hanging them up, hanging the binoculars up. And, you know, famously, I think, I could be right here, Kempe, Rabs never watched replays or never used the TV screen in the booth. Yeah, I'm, he, look, I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure. I'm, I've heard that before. I 
kind of half verified information but yeah used to watch the game live other with his binoculars are out there and as obviously he's getting older it's hard and hard to so he's just an absolute purist um joe's come through with a really good one jack buck baseball commentator well, we of course and son joe buck does the baseball and now he's actually the, he's doing monday night football with troy aikman now and so that's a that's a dynasty of a family really and andreas Cantor, the argentine commentator who invented <laughs> martin tyler as well good text there joe and plenty more for henry blowers and bill mclaren uh, see your text there, Mike and Tim. Thanks for coming through. Keep them coming through. Anyone that's got something a little bit unique, like whose who's favourite surfing commentators, Joe Tapel or, you know, Ronnie Blakely. Give me something a little bit out there on double eight double three. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Who's looked at the fields this week? Kempi, I imagine you would have. <laughs> yeah, I've had a little, I've had a little lick on it uh, this week. Uh, Louis, there's a great horse running around on Saturday in Wanganui in race six called mm. Just Ask Me. Ooh. Sounds like a Just Philadelphia lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he is a Philadelphia lawyer, that boy. And, uh, yep, it's uh, it's going to be bully? a good race. The bully, the bully is, he's training very well. And uh, he'll run well, but uh, he's actually come out <laughs> second. Fa- he's actually come out in the book second favourite. So, well, can we, don't try and Ooh. you don't have to be you don't have to play your cards close to your chest, is he? Because this is how well he's going. He's four fifty into three sixty. Mm. <laughs> so where do you Man, think, where do you think that's that. come from? <laughs> I missed that. Cutted. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a good chat to Al Sharrick yesterday, and uh, no, he's happy with two of his horses there. Uh, Darcy LaBella in the, I think it's a race before, uh, Just Ask Me, and Just Ask Me, they're both training very good uh, and ready for the test on Saturday in Whanganui. Yeah, so interesting, Darcy LaBella opened very short, well, $2.20 favourite in, in race five, and raced evens has been punted in from 350 to 280 this morning. So there's obviously a bit of confidence around raced evens in that race, but Darcy LaBella's got the good barrier, it's got Lisa all press, and then just ask me, well, it's just got superior heavy track form to anything else, and let's be honest, it's probably 10 or 12 rating points higher than anything else in the race. So I'm pretty confident of Just Ask Me running a huge race. Darcy LaBella, the only thing that's given me, scratching my head, this race Stevens money, I mean, it has to be stable money if it's that much, to be honest, or or there might be a big group of owners involved. Um, the Taranaki, Jamie Lee Lupton, of course, Lupton, pretty famous racing name. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do a little bit of research here and work out why there is so much confidence around raced evens. I know Chrissy Bambury said to us that raced evens, they, they were pretty confident with it last weekend and it ran fourth. So there's that. And Izzy, let's be glamour over at Eagle, Eagle Farm. You want to know mm-hmm. what we're doing here? Yeah. Remember when Lethal Lethinus said this thing's been going huge? Yep. Wow. Would you believe that we have been given... $12 and $3.60. Oh. <laughs> and drawn well. What do, you, what do you reckon? What are you reckoning? Race 8, Eagle Farm. It's a group 2. Now, Kementari is well, he's a very classy horse, isn't he? He's, people have a special relationship with Kementari. But because he's come into the race, and this is a, a handicap race, he's stretched the weights right out. So there you go. You've got... Um, 
Kemantari at 57 kgs. And if you go down to the bottom of the book, you've got Let's Be Glam on the bottom weight at mm. 53. She's been working better than Babylon Berlin, who's 54 and a half. So Tony Pike's looking after both of these horses um, for Cambridge Stud and Ben Foot. And Leith has been doing a lot of track work with Let's Be Glam. He was pretty confident. I tell you what I would do. I would have something small on the nose, on the snout, and then I would have the $2.70 for a top four. I'd be absolutely laughing. Mm. Top four okay. bet. Because okay. there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve horses in the race. So if we run the top if we run the first third of the race, um, you're getting two dollars seventy, which is pretty good news. Thank you, Louis. Thank you, Lethal. <laughs> no worries. Tim, oh I under one five oh eight eleven, you've given us a call for a commentator. Yeah, um, well, you said it's something a little bit different, and I reckon um, someone with the classic calls uh, was on the field, and that's Nigel Owen. <laughs> True. <laughs> Nigel. Oh, he said some one great one-liners to me, mate. What have you got? What do you say? What have you heard? Uh, what, what about, uh, if you want to act like Dutch, go down the road to the football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great. Oh, that's perfect. Well done, Tim. Good bravery, mate. Putting yourself on the line there. Oh. Oh, appreciate you, cool. Izzy, what did what did um what did Nigel have oh, for you? Just oh, I can't really remember off my top of my head, but two yellow cards he gave me. My only ever, my two yellow cards were in two test matches refed by Nigel Owens, and uh, mate, he's good. He's so good, clear and precise with his comments. Like never really shied away from um, being up front, mate. He was an absolute gentleman, best ref I reckon that I've ever had. He was. Bloody good. They so, should do. They should do tours, as he those referees, and talk about the things that they said to players. Yeah. I, I remember getting tackled in game Castleford Featherston local. It was a local derby, and uh, I'd given Carl Gibson, who was an English centre at the time, a, a right clock. You know, I clocked a real good one, mm-hmm. and then I get tackled about ten, me, ten metres off my line, and I'm and the, one of the players has tied my arms up, and as I'm going back down on my back, Carl Gibson's coming over the top, and his hands clenched and gets me right in the nose, mate. Breaks my nose. Boom, just whacks it. But the funny thing about it was the referee was right behind him, and all I could see was Carl's fist, but the referee's face behind it, and Carl hopped up, and the referee went, you're even. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, fair. That's fair. Oh, wow. Those were the, that's the Wild West. Uh, PJ Montgomery wouldn't be the America's Cup without him. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Oh, I was lucky enough to work with PJ at the America's Cup just gone, and what a champion New Zealander he is. Uh, Donnie Bull, Canterbury's, rugby, Canterbury Rugby's greatest club caller. That's from Alistair. Shout out, Donnie Bull. Um, how about shout out for one of the greatest commentating performances? Now, this is awesome. Mark Rosanowski, who's here on ECNZ on Dog Speed Sundays, Holding his nerve in 2014, I think, to commentate Greyhounds during a 6.2 earthquake, he just kept going. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Mark is that sort of guy. He's just so committed and professional. And Jim Hewson, recently retired lead commentator for Hockey Night in Canada on CBC. Yeah, they, I, I do know that voice of Jim Hewson. Rabs Warren, what a career. What a man. He's retired. He's hanging up the binoculars, and he's a legend of the commentary booth. Enjoyed your texts and your calls this morning on that. Yeah, that's right. Coming up to quarter to eight uh, on June the 2nd, a Thursday with Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're going to talk some rugby. This weekend marks a special occasion for Auckland Rugby. Eden Park has long been the spiritual home ground of sport in the 09. And this Saturday, it will play host to the Blues quarterfinal game against the, Blue, uh, the Hollanders. 
just down the road, Eden Rugby will be celebrating their centenary after 100 great years being a stable of the club scene in Auckland. Club president, Junior Williams, has witnessed a hefty part of Eden Park's journey, Eden Rugby's journey, I should say, to supremacy, and he's with us this morning to talk about the significance of this moment for the club. Morena, Junior. Morning, How are you doing, mate? It's a very special occasion coming up this weekend. You must be hugely proud of, of the club and, and where it's been able to get to. Oh, so, mate, so proud of the club, so proud of the past members that, uh, you know, that started our club um, and all the uh, current volunteers that we've got working hard behind the scenes to make sure that this weekend is a successful, enjoyable one. Mate, tell us about the volunteers. Uh, we, we talk a lot about it on our show, the, the significance of the people in the back room, mate, doing all the hard mahi, but probably don't get the accolades and, and uh, you know, the comments that they probably deserve. Mate, you got a, sounds like you've got a pretty strong club. Yeah, the, um, the volunteers are the heart of our club. Mm. In fact, they're the heart of any sports club in New Zealand, no matter what sport it is. Um, they're the backbone. They're, they're the uh, the ones that you know spend the time working behind the scenes for the club. Um, you know, and when I talk about volunteers, I, I talk about uh, coaches, managers, um, mm. even even the partners. Our partners are a big part of our volunteering group at Eden Rugby. Um, so yeah, I uh, they're the real heroes here, mate. They're the real heroes. We're we're just the uh, the gear takers of the next generation, so to speak. Kildana Junior, hey Rushy, Eric Rush, has he got anything to do with the, the uh, celebrations? A hundred years, mate. The legend, Eric Rush, the legend. He's he's our guest speaker. Um, he, he's had a lot to do with uh, um, Dennis Mullins, as you know, is, is a huge um, influence in our club. Um, so um, Dennis had a lot to do with Eric back in his uh, younger days. Um, so no, no, he's uh, he's uh, been an MC. Uh, he's been a, he's a speaker for our club over the past. Uh, so we're we're so excited to uh, you know that he's uh, acknowledged the club and he's willing to come down and um, and talk um, talk to the club members on Friday night. So exciting! Oh, yeah, I've heard some good things about the way he uh, can really just make the crowd laugh and his conversations, his speeches are very enjoyable. Hey, uh, Junior, <laughs> today's a, a huge day in New Zealand rugby. The vote of Silver Lake deal potentially crossing the line uh auckland rugby what what would something like that do for a club if that deal is passed how would that be able to enhance or, or help the club like eden park do what they want to do well I, I think it's a great thing as long as uh you know as long as the finances are channeled in the right direction but that'll mm. help our club greatly with our with our junior section of our club which is we're really strong at the moment we're, we've got 28 junior teams that are competing at the moment and big the big plus for Eden Rugby at the moment is our, our junior girls. Um, we have uh, eight eight junior girls teams competing at the moment from mm. all ages, from 13 down to the to the eight and nine, eight and sevens. So real exciting time for our junior section at Eden Rugby. That is the future of uh, of Eden Rugby and Auckland Rugby. That's a fu- that's a future of every sport, junior. So let's hope that trickle down effect actually works and it goes down to the right places within the sport like Eden Park. Just tell us a little bit about the celebrations that are involved celebrating the 100 years that you got starting this weekend. Yeah, it, 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 uh, we've got a lot of members coming in from overseas, all around Auckland. Um, some of our um, Gallagher Shield winning um, players uh, will be there. The management team from uh, 2021 will be there. Um, we've got to remember a lot of these 
these um, players that uh, you know brought home the shield for the club um, have been battling for six, seven years to uh, to win the Gallery Shield, um, and having the support of the club behind them, um, it's been great. And I'm just so excited to see all these um, members of the past, especially a lot of members that I played with back in the '80s, are all coming uh, tomorrow night. So exciting times for us for this weekend. Oh man, it's a huge occasion and. Uh... It's going to be a pretty special moment for you to celebrate 100 years as a club, mate. Awesome, awesome uh, achievement. Bruce McLeod, Frank McMullen, Frank McMullen, Ron Ehrlich, Ron Dobson, among the All Blacks who have played for you. Anyone else that you potentially could see coming up? Who's the next Eden Rugby All Black or Black Fern? Oh, mate. <laughs> well, don't forget we had uh, Lois Blackwell that was with us in 2017-18. Um Yes. We, we currently have um, Angus Tavo, but Angus uh, became an All Black uh, playing for another club, but we still reclaim him claim one him. of our own, <laughs> <laughs> as you do. Um, yeah. and, and all the past All Blacks, um, that guys that have made the All Blacks, they obviously um, you know went to other clubs and uh, became an All Black, but we still claim them as, uh, as our very own. They started their footy at Eden Rugby. Oh, Eloise. <laughs> hey, Junior, awesome. one question to, just before we let you go. All right. Uh, in three weeks' time, about three weeks, I think it is. Uh, Louis, will correct me on that if I'm wrong. We've got the final at Eden Park, and Blues are playing the Crusaders. Who wins? <laughs> look, uh, mate, I'm, I'm a blue and blue. Yes, blue and you, blue, mate. You never look that far ahead. That's the that's the mistake they're going to make, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first here from Junior. <laughs> oh, good luck, Junior. Good luck, Eloise Blackwell. Hope she, hopefully, she can. Uh, Refine some form and get back to the Black Ferns, mate. Appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing that conversation. All the best for Saturday. 100 years. Well done. Celebrate. Thank Celebrate you well. So much. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well Junior Williams, president of the Eden Rugby Club. They're celebrating 100 years being in the club rugby scene and awesome, awesome to chat and celebrate the grassroots rugby. Going to come back shortly and I'm going to talk about the Christchurch situation, the Christchurch, Christchurch Stadium. Debacle back shortly. The Black Caps embark on another journey against the English. It's a matchup that has seen so many dramatic scenes over the past decade or so, and there's no reason to think this test series would be anything different, especially when you throw in a newly appointed Kiwi coach and captain of the English. You'll hear every ball of the series live on SCNZ, led by the worldly and professional Adam Collins, and he's with us now. Morning, Adam. What a lovely intro. Hello, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Morning, mate. Great to have you on the show, mate. You excited for the call tonight? What's the feeling on the ground for this one? Always excited. Yeah, I've spent a fair bit of time at Lords over the last, well, let's say six weeks or so during the, the beginning of the English season, and the pitches are really good. Uh, they've had pace in them, and they've been good for batting. So um, on that basis, what we saw today uh, looks fantastic, and yeah, I think with both sides, there's a fair bit of uncertainty. And that might sound strange to speak of the New Zealand team that way, given they're mm. World Test champions. But they've only won a couple of Test matches since then. They've, they've not had a great run of it in the last nine or ten months since the WTC final at Southampton. It was such a glorious victory. And, of course, Ross Taylor has retired. Likewise, BJ Watling since that point in time. Kane Williamson's only played one Test match since uh, last summer here in England. So good to have him back uh, tomorrow at Lords. But... Yeah, I think with England having won only one of their last 17 test matches, New Zealand come in very much favourites. But uh, I would say that yeah, it, it's perhaps uh, not quite as strong as New Zealand were comparatively when they started the, the series here 12 months ago. 
Hey, Adam, we know what the media's like up there. How are they warming to this Kiwi influence of Baz and, uh, <laughs> and, and what he brings to the, to the English game? They love him. I mean, honestly, they love him. Remember, Brendan McCullum's got a wonderful reputation over here. And that's not just because of, I guess, what he did as captain. Well, it, I mean, it is to do with what he did as captain, but also the personality and the injection that he, that he afforded New Zealand cricket in charge of that side and what he did at the 2015 World Cup. Even what he did in the Test Series that was played over here in 2015, just two Test matches, but they were two crackers at Lords and then Leeds, and uh, he left uh, with his reputation enhanced considerably. So... Uh, yeah, he's got a great rep over here. Uh, it was been a, a very well-received announcement a couple of weeks ago when it was made. Mm. A bit unexpected, I think, given he hasn't got much experience in, in red ball cricket as a coach. In fact, he's got none. Uh, but I don't think many people are too concerned about that. He gave a ripping press conference on Friday uh, where he talked about, I think the quote was, prepare like you're going to live forever, but live like you're going to die tomorrow. It was sort of philosophical from Baz. Uh, and uh, that prompted that plenty of headlines uh, in, in the weekend papers. So alongside Ben Stokes, you've got two sort of street fighters, don't you, in terms of the way that they play their cricket. So it should be fun, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it tonight. Can't wait to watch the action. Hey, Adam, who's, who's getting the sense that they are favourites? Who are they, you know, like whose favourites get heading into this um, into the series? Do you feel like the Black Caps are think, underdogs at the moment? Yeah. Not really. I mean, I think, I mean, New Zealand should beat England comfortably. They should beat England 3 0 on paper, right? I mean, England are a rabble. They have been a rabble over the last, gosh, 18 months now, going on 18 months. They've just not been a successful test team. So you look at it and frame it up that way, and New Zealand should win. But as I kind of mentioned off the top, New Zealand haven't had a particularly good nine months either. They lost to Bangladesh, uh, Mount Monganui. Uh, they lost one of their test matches against South Africa. So, yeah, I, I would say that coming into it, they're, they're not quite as strong as they were a year ago. Um, the fact that it's touch and go whether Trent Bolt will be available, having just returned from the Indian Premier League. Kane Williamson has looked somewhat mortal in recent months, having been so exceptional uh, in the previous 10 years. He's probably had his most lean period as a black cap player. Um, so, yeah, th- th- there's just a... I wouldn't say vulnerability in the New Zealand team, more that... They don't look as far ahead of England as they did a year ago when they played those two test matches at Lords and Edgbaston. But taken as a whole, New Zealand are the stronger team. There's really no doubt about that. Hey, Adam, just what's the, what is the threat to the Black Caps? And if you were, um, I guess, predicting a headline, what's the headline at the end of this test series? I think the threat would be that you take out BJ Watling and you take out Ross Taylor and just fundamentally less experienced. Yeah. You inject a player like Will Young, who, who's made some considerable uh, contributions for New Zealand in his short international career, but yet to really punch through as a big-time player. And he's, in effect, replacing Ross Taylor, and you can't replace Ross Taylor, right? And then you've got uh, Blundell effectively replacing Watling in that sort of transition period as wicketkeeper. He has played some match-winning hands, but again, Watling was a, an absolute superstar for the Black Caps for over a decade. So... That's probably where I'd say they're, they're vulnerable. That if there is early trouble, they don't have the same kind of experience to draw down on that they had 12 months ago. Uh, and look, Henry Nichols is the other big omission from the team at Lords tomorrow. He's got a, a combination of a calf injury and, and COVID-19, an unusual combination, but uh, the calf injury in a way has been affected by the COVID because he's not been able to um, recover as quickly as otherwise might be the case in isolation. So... They're missing three pretty big players there. And I already mentioned Trent Bolt. I don't think Bolt will play. They've given 
the impression that he might play next week. But yeah, transitioning from playing an Indian Premier League final three days ago into a test match at Lords with little sleep, I, I don't think that would take that risk with a, a player like Trent Bolt, who's such an important asset. Uh, so th- yeah, that, that's where I think England uh, might see themselves as having an opportunity early in the series to pounce. Uh, and they're bringing back their two most experienced fast bowlers in James Anderson and Stuart Broad, who were jettisoned for the recent series in the Caribbean. We, we kind of thought there was half a chance they might have get pensioned off and, and retired before this summer, but they did poorly in the West Indies and, and they've turned back to Anderson, who turns 40 later this summer, and Stuart Broad, who turns 36. So um, two men who've got wonderful records against New Zealand, against a, yeah, a slightly less experienced batting lineup than the one that turned out here last year. What about Joe Root? Joe Root, um, the pressure's off now. He's got the captaincy he's been given to Ben Stokes. Uh, it wasn't because of form. He's probably been the leading uh, batsman in the English squad. Do you feel like this is a huge weight off his shoulders and we're going to see an even reinvigorated kind of uh, Joe Root coming forward in the series? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You look at the way that Joe Root's record went through the roof in year 2021. I mean, six test centuries... I think he made 1,700 runs at test level, an absurd number of runs. I think only uh, Viv Richards and, and Muhammad Yusuf made more in a calendar year. But that corresponded with a 12-month period where England were dreadful. So uh, with the exception of how they performed in, in Sri Lanka at the start of the year, they went around the world and stuck the joint up. So um, it's, I suppose, not really about Joe Reed's personal performances. That's not why he lost the captaincy. It was that the team beneath him just weren't performing consistently enough to justify him remaining in the role. So as to whether he'll be reinvigorated, he's only 31. It's actually quite a young Mm. age to be a former captain. Presumably, Root will play for another six, seven years based on modern trends that the best players in the world tend to get through to sort of age 37, 38. He's going to have a really long stretch as a former England captain. And that's having led the side in more test matches than any other Englishman ever. He led 68 tests over five years. So it's a really quite odd transition that he's going through. The one thing I will say is that Ben Stokes was so loyal to Joe Root through the toughest times, and mm. they've been close friends since they were teenagers. I'd expect that uh, he'll get that loyalty in return from Root, and he'll, in effect, be vice-captain. They've not named a vice-captain to Ben Stokes, so even though Joe Root won't have that designation formally, I'm sure that if Ben Stokes needs someone to turn to, it'll be the bloke who's just given up the captaincy. So... Yeah, an interesting relationship there between that pair, given how close they are, and it's gone from one to the next. But, uh, yeah, Root's performances with the bat have been exceptional for a long stretch of time now. So I'd expect no different over the next four weeks. Hey, Adam, that's uh, some fantastic insights. Just just give us a look. You're calling the game live for us here on SENZ. What have you, what have you done, mate, with your homework? What do we expect, and what's the little gem that you're going to pull out um, or ha- what have you worked out? Where, how are you going to open the series up for us? That's a great question. I, I, I'll tell you that Joe Root's 111 runs away from being uh, the second Englishman to 10,000 test runs. I, was, I pulled that up before, so that'll be significant if he makes a century at, at Lords tomorrow. Now, the homework process, it's pretty elaborate before a test series. You kind of rely on, on doing quite a lot before test one, and you can kind of top up after test, well, after test one and after test two for the, the ones that follow, but yeah, I assure you that by the time we reach the first ball tomorrow, we'll, we'll be able to tell you the, the, the we'll be able to tell you Tom Blundell's hairdresser's mother's maiden name. We, we, we go into a fair bit of depth. So, you know, that, that, that's kind of all part of the job and part of the fun when you're on air for seven hours and 
you're letting the, the game drift by. And, and with Jeremy Coney in our team, the great man, uh, Craig McMillan as well, uh, there are two men with great stories and looking forward to sharing them with the SENZ listeners across the next four weeks. Awesome. That's If, you have, if you're short, you get my number, you give us a call, give us a call. We'll happily talk <laughs> about identity. We'll talk about anything down here in New Zealand just to keep, the, I guess, the, the conversation going. But great insights into the, uh, the, the call tonight, Adam. Thanks a lot for coming on with us on uh, Breakfast with Izzy and Kempe this morning and all the best with your call. Cheers, Adam. Yeah, pleasure. Can't wait for it. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Awesome. I lo- mate, I love listening to, the, to commentators because, like you said, they do so much work. Mm. And to give the insight, like, you know, 111, what did he say, 111 runs he was off um, from making history. He's 31 mm. years of age, got another six years is, is, uh, in the game and, and possibly could be captain again. Things you don't even think about, you know. Well, he's on the, yeah, he's on the ground. He's got feel. He's right there amongst the good little insight on Bears, how he's been received over in the UK public. All things are starting to align. So, look, yeah, it's great to hear from Adam Collins and, and Macca over there doing the call with Jeremy Coney and live here on SCNZ. So, awesome work to hear from him. Interesting, though. Interesting. I feel like this this English side, they're just going to, yeah, just come out, <laughs> come out and put on an absolute clinic. I don't want to say it, but I just feel like I'll, that's what I'm experiencing. That's what I'll be dreaming about. Them coming out, just putting in a performance and uh, and really just getting things right. We don't want to see it. But on the other side of it, I feel like, yeah, Kane Williamson and Gary said they'll have a plan. They would have planned for this mm. situation and they'll be saying all the right things behind the scenes. So it's going to be an interesting series. Yeah, he's, he said something up there. I read an article this morning out of one of the English newspapers about the middle order batsmen for England and how they've, he, like, Baz has basically just set out there and go and rip and tear. Mm. And they haven't had anyone talk to them like that before. And I'm thinking, mate. He's unshackled. He's unshackling the English team. Mm. It feels like they've had all these shackles around them and they weren't allowed to do things. And Baz has just gone in there and gone, grow up. Just get out there and play cricket. You know what I mean? It's just, And that's a scary part of it. We'll know a lot more after the first test. It'll be interesting to see how they react because I've had coaches come in and I've been coached for such a, a similar uh, style for very long periods of time. And then I've had a new coach. I remember when I was coached by Tabai Matson. Uh, Aaron Major, Toddy Blackadder, and then Scott Robertson came in with Brad Moore and Leon McDonald, and he just flipped my whole thoughts, you know, especially on the way we defend. And at the start, I was taken back. I was like, oh, nah, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. This is what's worked. This is what I know. I'm comfortable in doing this. So he got me to step outside my comfort zone at the start. Hated it. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't about it. Probably didn't embrace it. But the more and more I got involved and the more I started just saying, look, this is, this is for the better of you, this is for the better of the team, this is innovating, this is something different, we've got to do it, just keep trying and keep trying to stay instilled in it. Made it um, yeah, so that's, that's the situation they've got over in England because he'll be bringing his mindset, his style of play, that's something different to the English style and they've just got to really embrace it. Whether we see that straight away, we'll see. Whether or not, hmm, might have to give him a bit more time. Oh, go for bed, Izzy. You might be able to stop the English. You can, uh, <laughs> mate, if you're, you're loving it. No, actually, no, you're, you're cured after not backing Zaki and it losing. Actually, no, all, mis- all, all betting uh, <laughs> uh, curses. No, I, I, I had a pun on that one yesterday. What was it, Precious? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, got big big drift. Well, I was just saying, like, I, I was writing down the same, but it was, I was too, too busy thinking about the ne- next question. But he said Baz came up with the same, prepare like you're going to live forever. 
And what was the second part of that? Well, that's what, um, and then and then expect to die tomorrow. You know, expect to die tomorrow. Well, along the lines, of, and that's why I was flailing my arms around Izzy because I just thought it was hilarious that that's like how Baz spoke to us. Like that's mm. everything. Never fear the ear. You know, all of that stuff. More kill dreams are killed by more thoughts, and all of his classic line. And he's just that's who Baz is. Oh, but look, right. and I love it. Mm. I mean, I've I love Fakatoki. You know, like these these. These sayings, when you look inside the words and the person that has said those words to try and get to the, get to the bottom of what it actually means, mm. like it's a, a lot of the times it doesn't actually mean what it's what 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 has been said verbally. It's actually a lot deeper than that. So, uh, so I'm learning something about Baz every day. You know, I knew Baz McCullum, but I didn't know. Like, no, he could he could go down. Let, let's let's crystal ball gaze here, is he? They're saying four years' time after cricket. He could go down as one of the, the greatest cricket people ever. Well, yeah, how far away is he from mm. being knighted if they win a couple of series? <laughs> they, they, well, love, <laughs> they love knighting their cricket identities. Imagine, what would you call mm. him, Sir Baz? Nah, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't call him Sir Baz, man. Good Sir, name for a horse. Sir the skip, oh, the skip was hard. <laughs> Sir Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Great names for horses. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.